You are listening to Sermon Snippets with Max Taylor, where we exposit God's Word and apply its instruction to our everyday lives. As we study God's Word, we are learning truth that corrects our thinking, meets our needs, and teaches us more about Christ. Here's your host, Max Taylor. Thank you for listening again to this study in the book of Daniel. Um, I'm glad you're able to tune in. And I don't know about what it looks like where you're at, but today is a perfect fall day here where I'm at. It's just, I've been enjoying coffee. Uh, It's one of those cooler days where the sky is just kind of gray and it's just cloudy. And it's so beautiful, you know, to have the gray sky and all the trees with their leaves changing color up against the darker sky. And it's been a cooler day, a little bit of rain, and it's just perfect. You know, I mean, the only thing that could make it better is to have a caramel craze ice latte from Dunkin' Donuts. But it's pretty much perfect here. And and there's nothing I would rather do than just get to spend some time going through our study of the book of Daniel. And we're almost to the halfway point of the book. We're here in chapter 6. Once we finish this chapter, there will be six chapters left. And there's so much to just dive into and to, to dig deep into this chapter. There's so many things that we can apply to our own lives. Just even looking over the verses that we're going to read today, verses 6 through 9, there's so many things that we can learn that can encourage us in our own walk with God. So I hope you have a, a copy of God's Word in front of you where you can look at it. We're going to be reading Daniel chapter 6, verses 6 through 9, looking at jealousy of some of these presidents who worked around Daniel in this Medo-Persian empire. And it's it's an ancient account, but the truth is eternal, truly is, can be applied to anyone at any point in history. And ultimately, it all points to Christ. So let's get right into it. Daniel chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. Picking up in verse 6, the Bible says, Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. So if you remember back to last week, we spent most of the episode looking at Daniel himself, his, his character his testimony. And remember, he had been given a very high up position in this newly expanded Persian empire. Um, the Just the chapter before, Daniel was called in to interpret the writing on the, the wall for the very end of that last night of the Babylonian empire. And now in chapter six, not only has he been just kind of adopted into this new empire, but he's been given a leading position. And he was one of the presidents who King Darius set over his provinces. And 
not only was he one of these presidents, but Daniel was the first president, the chief one. So he was promoted above his other colleagues, above his equals. And this is a guy who wasn't even born into the Persian Empire. He he wasn't, you know, naturally a citizen of this kingdom, but he's just brought in and promoted. And we looked at that that's not a bad thing. It wasn't wrong for Daniel to be preferred or to be given this favor from the king because the whole reason that the king respected Daniel and made him his personal favorite and gave him this high position was because of his character, because of his faithfulness and blamelessness. Those are things that described Daniel as a person. And if that describes us, if we have character and a hard work ethic, and we are loyal and devoted and committed to doing what's right, and that earns us favor, then that's not a bad thing. But these presidents wanted what Daniel had, and they went about to try to get it a wrong way. So it's not wrong that they wanted approval from the king, that they wanted the king's favor, or even that they wanted promotion or to please the king. That's not wrong. But the way that they went about to get it shows the corruption of their hearts. And they were not like Daniel. They didn't have the testimony of Daniel. They didn't have his reputation. So let's look at some of the tactics that these princes and these presidents used to try to um, get into the position that Daniel had and to try to take his position from him through some corrupt means. The first thing that we see is they use flattery. You can pick up on it subtly. Um, If you start reading in verse 6, the first thing that they say to the king is, King Darius, live forever. You know, and that, that was customary to say to the king, partially because your life depended on being nice to the king back then. But there's, there's just a hint of flattery there. They're, they're, walking in and the first thing out of their mouths is these compliments to the king but then it continues if you keep reading they say in verse 7 all the presidents of the kingdom the governors and the princes the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute so first off that's a lie Because Daniel wasn't part of this meeting. This meeting was actually targeting Daniel because these princes couldn't find any way to get dirt on Daniel. They observed him, they studied him, they watched his his actions, and they came to the conclusion that they could find no occasion of fault against Daniel. So in order to try to steal his position from him, they had to target his religion. So they, they've come up with this deceitful way to try to get Daniel in trouble. And the only way that they could find is through his religion. But not only did they lie there, but they're, they're also kind of buttering up the king because they're saying all of these leaders in your kingdom have come to seek your wisdom about this idea that we have. And then they say the idea itself is still rooted in flattery trying to compliment the king, trying to win his favor by um, acting as though they, they like him when really they just want what he can give them. So they say, you know, this idea, they say, we have come together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that 
Whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now that doesn't really make sense because the king is not supposed to answer every citizen's question or petition. That's why he delegates to other rulers and things. But the king gets swept up in this flattery. Basically, they're saying, we don't think anyone should seek anyone else's advice or help on anything save you. So that they come to him with flattery. They come to him with deceit, acting like they're seeking the king's benefit when really they're just trying to out Daniel. And it's all motivated by jealousy. And they tell the king, they say, Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. So what is this talking about? Well, we have to give a little background on the legal system of the the Medes and Persians. This was actually kind of unprecedented for the time because the kingdom before this, the Babylonian kingdom, the king was basically in charge. Whatever the king says went. So the king was above the law. He wrote laws, but he could also reverse laws and veto laws, and and he could kind of do whatever he wanted. But in this legal system, the new empire here, the Medo-Persian empire, the law was actually supreme. And so it stood on its own, and if a king signed a law into writing, he could not even reverse it. So the law was over the king. And that's one of the first times in ancient history that this was practiced and actually carried out. And that's actually kind of how America was designed when we came on the scene as a country. Not really how we are anymore. But uh, anyways, that's how the Medo-Persian government worked. So the law was supreme over the king. And that's what these, that's the whole plot of these presidents. They, they, they're taking this angle of you need to sign this into law so that it can't be changed. So that people have to, have to come to you with their petitions. And the whole reason they're doing this is because they want to get Daniel in trouble for praying to his God. Um, They want to catch him in his religion and put him in a hard spot where he has to pick between God and serving the king. And really, as I think about this, these are common attitudes that we all might have to face, whether it be at school, at college, in the workplace, on sports teams, it's really common for Christians to be targeted and lied about in order for someone else to get promoted above them. You know, people use that as kind of the the way to get Christians in trouble or whatever, is to try to target them for their religion. And as hard as that is in school or sports or the workplace or any other secular realm, I don't think there's... There's few things that are harder than dealing with this on a spiritual level. And when this happens in churches, and it happens a lot, when members try to compete for, you know, the favorite position or the highest leadership role or the position of authority, um, the position with the most pool, with the pastor or whatever it is, people often resort to corrupt means to try to lift themselves up because of their own jealousy. 
And that, a lot of times, takes the form of flattery, takes the form of deceit, um, in order to gain favor with someone who is, say, popular or someone in leadership. It can happen a lot, and it's it's very difficult when this happens in a spiritual setting where it's Christians against Christians because, you know, we expect there to be some animosity from the world, but it's a, it's a little harder. It cuts a little deeper when another professing Christian or someone in some kind of spiritual environment will try to, you know, manipulate the situation to push themselves above you, to try to push you down and try to elevate themselves. But let me just remind you that as Christians, our main concern should be to seek the Lord's approval. You know, it's not wrong to seek favor and approval from another superior, but ultimately it's not a popularity contest. It's not trying to see who can get promoted. We should be focused on pleasing God more than gaining anyone else's recognition or accolades or favor. You know, how long will that last anyways? If you try to please your boss at work, you know, maybe you stay late one day, they'll probably forget about it the next day, you know, or trying to gain someone at your church's approval. That doesn't last. That's not the most important thing. Daniel put his devotions above his profession. We're going to see that he puts prayer, his prayer time above his position. He's willing to risk not only his job, but his life to go against this decree to put God first. So just let that be an encouragement for you. You know, we're not alone in our suffering. There have been examples of prophets, a.k.a. Daniel, and Jesus himself, who have been willing to sacrifice to do what is right, even if no one else sees, no matter how hard it gets. So we'll continue looking at these verses and pulling out some more application next week. Thank you for listening to Sermon Snippets. If this Bible study is a help to you, consider downloading the weekly episodes or sharing this podcast with a friend. Until next time, remember that God's Word is perfect and it's everything you need to live for Him.